is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown. I'm Hayden Vozar. Today, I have not only Matt Vozar, who is has usually been on season two as well with me, but I have AZ. AZ has made his return all the way from season one back in, I don't even know, April, I think was the last, or may, maybe beginning of May was our last our last episode of, of season one. So yeah, AZ is back. Great to have him back. AZ, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to be back. I'm glad y'all continue this, the two Bozar brothers, but you know, I'm excited to be back and ready to talk some football. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, dude. AZ specializes in football. And so whenever he, he told me, he was like, yo, whenever you guys talk like strict, strictly football, have me on. And so I was like, yes, sir. We ha- That's what we have today. We have only football talk because this past weekend was literally like one of the best weekends of our lives in terms of watching football. So, um, yeah, so it was really cool to see that this past weekend. Matt, did you enjoy it? Well, of course I did. And I was going to mention as soon as, as soon as AZ started talking, I was like, well, you know, hey, you, you probably picked the best possible weekend you could to come on the podcast on the on the following weekend, because it is it was quite quite possibly the best football weekend uh, that we've ever witnessed. And, and surely one of the best games that I've ever witnessed and with the you know, with the Bills and the Chiefs game. And we'll definitely get to all that and more. Uh, so, yeah. So so there's there's a ton of there's a ton of stuff to be going over here and we're going to cover every single bit of it. Of course. So, I mean, honestly, just to get right into it, not not much delay here. So we had Saturday's divisional round, um, saw both of the both of the one seeds in, in each conference. They both lost. So the Titans lost against the Bengals and then the Packers lost against the 49ers. And I feel like I feel like a lot of people were expecting at least one of these teams to lose. But both of them was was really surprising. So. They both lost at home, obviously, because the one seed gets gets home field advantage for the whole playoffs. And they lost to considerably lesser quality teams, right? So, you know, compared to their respective regular season performances, these like, you know, these teams that they lost to were just they didn't really match up, right? And com- compared to their, you know, just sheer team quality, the, these um, the 49ers and the, and the Bengals just didn't really match up to the Titans and the Packers. So even though it's just the first time since 2010 that this has happened um, and that neither one seed has made the the conference championship, is there this sort of larger dynamic here in the way that being the top seed actually puts teams at a disadvantage? And either of you can jump in here. Just feel free. I mean, you know, I guess I'll go first. But, you know, just talking about, I guess, the Titans, you know, starting off with the Titans. You know, they had a bye week at first, and sometimes I'm really reluctant to bye weeks, especially in the playoffs. I mean, you know, sometimes even week, you know, 18, I guess now, because they extended it, but sort of the starters don't even play last week. So it's kind of a really long break. And so when these guys are playing in a playoff game, you know, they have to put, you know, everything in one basket for that one game. And then another team is just coming off a win uh, from the wild card win. I I just I, I don't know. I just think that, like you said, Hayden, like I think that the wild card team is at an advantage in terms of that. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's it's I mean, I agree. I think that, you know, there's a lot that goes into the fact that you're already playing a playoff game and, you you know, you 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 prepare your offense, you prepare your defense, you, you do everything that you possibly can to win that first game in the wild card round, because at the end of the day, for either of these teams, the 49ers and the Bengals both really weren't even you know supposed to make the playoffs if we're talking about like at the beginning of the season kind of you know projections and stuff like that they end up in the playoffs um you know they had to play for their lives to to end the season well the Bengals they they kind of had their division clinched but either way it was you know the the 49ers had to win their last game against the Rams they came back they won it they got to the playoffs then they win a first playoff their first playoff game and so it's like once you just kind of continue that momentum I think that's so, so much easier to just translate onto the field and just keep your momentum going than it is to be a team in a position where you're getting a first round buy and like you know and for both the Titans and the Packers it was pretty much decided before week even eight, week 18 even like finished and so both of those teams played their starters for at least half of the game but it's still it's like I just feel like you're you're basically you're basically giving yourself two weeks of rest and 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 just and just putting it off until like you know you're ready to play your first your first game and so that's I think that gives a huge advantage to the team that has already won a playoff game most likely was has been playing for their playoff lives for the last like you know three or four weeks of the as, as of the regular season 
And so then you kind of think about it and it's like, all right, well, then, then why, you know, why kind of should we give the first round bye to these teams? And it's like, well, because basically you only have to win two games to get to the Super Bowl. That's really the advantage of it. Right. And so it's like, if you are on your home field and, and you're, you know, you're, you're playing well, then you should be expected to at least win one game and get to the conference championship. Um, and then you'll have that game at home as well to, you know, for the easiest path to the Super Bowl. Um, but, but I think that the other thing is that that was really surprising, at least for these two specific teams is that, like I kind of said, not only were they not supposed to make the playoffs, they weren't even supposed to win their first playoff game, right? Both of them were underdogs in their first playoff game. And so they have that underdog mentality. And I think what, what ends up happening is when an underdog wins a game, they kind of you know, are, are riding a high, they're celebrating. That's like their biggest accomplishment, right? And so you always kind of think that going into the next game, they're just going to, they're due for a letdown spot. They, you know, they've already celebrated to the max based on the performance that they had in the previous week. And they really won't be able to continue that performance against especially you know a number one seed who has proven themselves throughout the regular season has a great record is at home you know has all this talent offense and defense um but but that's not that's really not what happened at all and so I think that was the most surprising part for me is seeing that like when usually a team like or you know a a team in the situation that the 49ers and the Bengals were both in which is essentially they weren't even really supposed to make the playoffs and then they get a playoff win to to really avoid that letdown spot and avoid the the chance of just kind of celebrating resting on their laurels being happy with one playoff win um just being able to continue the momentum is 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 something that's completely different from I think the regular season and that's why it makes the playoffs so exciting as we saw especially with how close these games ended up being yeah, for sure. I, th- I think the, the thing that you mentioned there at the end, Matt, with momentum, and I, I totally agree with AZ as well on the on the whole idea of, you know, players being rested for too long, pretty much b- before they play their first playoff game. That's a That's a huge um, th- that becomes a huge deal in terms of, you know, you get kind of like you get almost rusty. I, I guess it sounds a little bit. Um, you know, a little bit much for just two weeks of from being off of football. But like the, a lot of these guys, when they have the, the the first week off of the playoffs, like they spend a lot of time trying to rest their bodies. And if you rest your body too much, it, again, it sounds a little bit weird and a little bit kind of like counterintuitive. But if you rest your body too much, um, when, when you've been used to playing football for basically 18 straight weeks, um, you know, leave out that bye, then yeah, you if you rest, rest yourself too much, then you get a little bit rusty. So, but also on, on, on the side of the momentum thing, I think it's really like football, you wouldn't really expect football or at at least NFL um, to have, you know, this, this crazy, um, this crazy phenomenon of momentum, especially in the playoffs, because like, yeah, there, you know, teams have momentum from game to game, but I feel like that's more of a characteristic of like the NBA and the NHL where they play multiple games or the MLB where they play multiple games per week. And, you know, it's, it's easier to carry momentum through like two days rather than a whole week. Um, but it's, it's really cool that teams, you know, underdogs like these are, are carrying momentum all throughout the playoffs. And I think that's kind of like, that's almost what happened with um, the, the 49ers team that beat the Packers last time. I forget which year it was, but like the last time that the 49ers beat the Packers it's happened way and- too many times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Last time the, the 49ers beat the Packers um, in the NFC Championship to make it to the Super Bowl, like they weren't expected to go to the Super Bowl that year at all, obviously, you, you know, again. So it's just like they did it again this year. And it's just, you know, obviously everybody's like, OK, well, Aaron Rodgers is allergic to winning against the 49ers in the playoffs. But I, I do think that it has something to do with momentum. I think if, you know, if if we saw the Cowboys play the Packers, like, it may have been the same kind of result. We never, we never really do know. Um, people can say that the Packers have the, I mean, the 49ers have the Packers number, but I don't, I don't really think it's the case. I think momentum really is, really is a characteristic of, of NFL playoffs. And that's, that's pretty cool in my opinion. And just to like, you know, going to the Bengals and Titans game specifically, I know Hayden, we sort of talked about this off air, but I mean, look at the quarterbacks right now, like that are left in the playoffs. And my point there is, you know, with the Titans, Ryan Tannehill, we talked about this. You know, you can have the best team. You know, the Titans, obviously, they had one of the best defenses, one of, you know, if not the best running back when healthy, um, a solid uh, wide receiver duo. Like, you can have the best team. But if you don't have that quarterback to lead your team, you know, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. And, yeah, we see a guy like Jimmy G, 
Um, but you know, you know, my opinion on that is just Kyle Shanahan. You know, I feel like he can make any quarterback just look a decent quarterback look good and get the job done. So, you know, I just think that having that quarterback, I know we're sort of drifting off the whole topic on, you know, underdogs and stuff like that, but you know, we see like Ryan Tannehill only 15 completions and three interceptions. I mean, that just goes to show that, you know, you can have a great team, but having a quarterback like Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, um, that's what's important. Yeah, exactly. And I think that it's not even really dripping off the topic. I think you're spot on. And the fact that like you, you do need the, the most important position on the field is quarterback. And if you're, if you're not going to have a guy there to, to, just motivate your team if that's at the very kind of fundamental level here. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that really in the Titans case specifically, I think that kind of, you know, just kind of going off the Ryan Tannehill point is like, I think he has has significantly benefited from how good Derrick Henry is. And I think we saw that like, you know, Henry was back. He wasn't playing the full game. He he didn't seem like his normal self where he's just absolutely running people over. He's looking for contact. He's stiff arming people through the ground. Um, Like we didn't really see much of that. And so I think that there, there is a very good argument for the fact that he was not hundred percent in that game. And like the defense did all they could, you know, they got nine sacks. Like, are you kidding me? Nine sacks. You still lose the game. That's I'm sure. I don't even think that's ever happened in NFL history, much less, you know, postseason history. So like, I think that really that's, that's what we saw in that game is that Ryan Tannehill and, and he had a good year, you know, a couple of years ago, but again, that was kind of like based on what Derek Henry was doing. He, you know, Derek Henry ran for 2000 yards last year. He was on pace to do it again this year. You know, he was out for the last half of the year. So they still won a lot of the games, I think in the regular season, just because like, you know, maybe they caught teams at, at the wrong time or whatever, but it's like, it, it was very clear that their offense runs through Derrick Henry. And when he's not really available, you can't lean on, on Ryan Tannehill. And I would say that the Bengals defense, you know, they're good. They have some good pass rushers and, 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 and some okay defensive backs, but they're nothing to write home about. I, I don't even think they were a top 10 defense in the league this year. And so to see the performance that they put on against the Titans, you know, in Tennessee, um, I think really speaks to the fact that like, yeah, I think he's poor name is exactly right. Is that like, you have to have that quarterback level play. And I think that, you know, the, the, the one guy that you mentioned, who's still kind of available, or who's still left in the playoffs who's not maybe you know a great quarterback by many people's consideration is Jimmy Garoppolo but like with the way that game was and and we saw it I'm a Packers fan and so you know we're not even going to get into a lot of that um but it's like just the way that that game went Jimmy Garoppolo is not the reason the 49ers won all right it's like the 49ers or the, the Packers you know lack of special teams production uh basically performance ineptitude um it was also Aaron Rodgers wasn't able to score points the game was it was snowy it was it was it was crazy right so it's like anybody really would have won that game um I think that that's kind of like the the, the kind of the, the result there but but I think right to the to the to AZ's point originally it's it's really like you know if if you are a number one seed and you have a great quarterback even that I think can't even I, I guess you know as it was proven even having one of the best quarterbacks in the game and being the number one seed whether that get you know that that contributes to kind of the lack of motivation or or whatever they're feeling kind of going into the game um it, it really seemed to not matter and so I think that it really does depend a lot on like what Hayden was mentioning earlier like the motivation factor and the momentum coming in and just being able to know exactly what you're going to do don't you know don't worry about the how great the other team is just run what you do and do it to the best of your ability and 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 really that that once you've kind of found a winning rhythm like that, you know, it can, it can take you as far as, uh, you know, as, as far as you can possibly go. Yeah, and, I, I think there's oh, go ahead. And, Daisy. Hey, if I can just jump in, you know, to add on to Matt's point, I mean, we see like how important I feel like, you know, our listeners and a lot of like, you know, general football fans, they don't realize how important special teams are to the game. I mean, yeah. Like with what I think it was like four, three or four minutes left in the the 49ers and Packers game. I mean, a punt block touchdown like and that changed the entire game within just one play within like 10 seconds. So I think I think that's one point. And then going back to the whole quarterback point of Ryan Tannehill. And personally, I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl with, you know, Ryan Tannehill. They, They need someone better at quarterback to get the job done. And, you know, relating that, I think. You know, looking at the Rams, obviously the Rams, a great team. I mean, you have one of the best receivers in the league. You have a pretty good, um, you know, sort of a running back rotation. You have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, all of those guys on the defense. But, I mean, look at them now. They sort of had the same pieces 
for the last three or four years, but who'd they have? They had Jerry Goff. Now you put in Matthew Stafford. Now look at the team. They can be a team like the Buccaneers. So I just think, you know, just to re- reiterate, like I think it's extremely important just to – that's why the Rams and Sean McVay were huge on training for Stafford because they know that that's going to get them over the hump. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I totally agree with that. And I think it, it, it definitely shows that, like, I think there's more evidence than not that having a good quarterback is, is going to at least helps you a lot in the playoffs. Right. Um, I think that we can all agree that the Packers, again, are just allergic to going to the Super Bowl. So, you know, even, even though they have Aaron Rodgers, who's a good quarterback, they just can't make it to the Super Bowl. We, just we, can, just, we can just, you know, use them as, as an anomaly with that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but all, all good stuff there. Um, but, you know, one game that we haven't even addressed yet, we haven't even said the names of these teams yet. Is, is the Bills and Chiefs game. And I know that everybody's, you know, everybody and their mother probably watched that game because it was it was the most hype, hyped up game of the week. Um, and, you know, it was it was Sunday night. It was the last game of the divisional round, which was cool. So obviously we had so Matt and I had this uh, we had this, you know, topic last week and that we argued that this, you know, the, the Chiefs and the Bills game could be the best game of the entire postseason. Um, and so you know, without assuming too much, um, would, you know, I would say that we could safely confirm that argument in that the Bills and the Chiefs game was the best game of the playoffs and will be the best game of the playoffs, regardless of how the Super Bowl goes. Again, kind of, you know, leaving out the chance for a, a, a crazy game in the Super Bowl, um, which probably won't happen with the teams that we still have that we still have in the in the playoffs. Um so, you know, is, is it an indictment, an indictment on the rest of the league that these two teams, the, the Bills and the Chiefs, are truly the best two teams and that, you know, no matter who they play, they would be favored over any other team? I guess I'll go. Um, I'll go first. I mean, yes, just talking about the topic that we just talked about. I mean, just look at the quarterbacks. Just, just by looking at the quarterbacks. I mean, you have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Easily, I think – at least right now, 100%, a top three quarterbacks in the league. Um, and so just having, you know, Josh Allen, for example, you know, we we all feel extremely bad for the Bills and what happened. Four touchdowns, I mean, 300 yards. He was just nearly perfect. Yeah, Gabriel Davis just randomly going off for four touchdowns. I mean, and and that just shows, I think I, think I saw a stat somewhere that I think Stefan Diggs only had like seven yards in the game. And that was just crazy to believe, honestly, but honestly, not even surprised because that just shows that, you know, Josh Allen can get the work done without having his top receiver or, you know, he's matured to the level where, you know, if his top receiver gets taken out by the defense, he can go to other guys and get the job done. I, I, I mean, I called this, I said, it like literally last week, I was like, this could be the best game of the postseason even including the Super Bowl, whatever teams end up getting there, the, you know, this Bills Chiefs game could be it. And and it was interesting because we had this same matchup in the regular season. Right? I think it was week five. Um, the Bills went into Arrowhead and crushed the Chiefs. I think they beat them by like 25 or, or maybe 15 points, whatever. Um, and, and that was kind of in the middle of the Chiefs, like really down kind of part of the season when they didn't have a lot of their defensive stars playing. And, and I think Patrick Mahomes was trying to get a little too cute um, in, in, the, in the stuff that he was doing offensively. And obviously now, you know, they, they got their swagger back and they're a juggernaut again. But it's like the, just the and AZ pointed out, like the, the, the talent that they have both teams offensively and defensively, I think completely showed through in both aspects of the game, right? So you think about the first, whatever, 58 minutes of the game, right? Up until the last two minutes, it was 26 to 21. And and I think that that's a probably a lower score than we would have imagined given the talent that the, you know, that both offenses have, which really proves that I think that both defenses really kind of, you know, proved themselves too and, and, and showed up when it mattered. I think the, the chiefs get a lot of field goals and the bills got stopped on, you know, kind of in the middle of the field a lot of times. So it was like, it was a honestly a defensive battle in comparison to what we normally would expect from these types of quarterbacks. But really what ended up happening obviously is that like there was 25 points scored in the last minute and 48 seconds of the game. And then another six in overtime. And it's like, there's, you know, 40, 46 points scored in the first 58 minutes. And then there's 32 points scored in like, you know, the last seven minutes. So, so that's, I think the, the cool part of this game that what really made it, you know, it, kind of stand out in my eyes in in the sense that like how talented and skilled both of these teams are on both sides of the ball. And that's why, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously like the can't, the NFL can't really like, you know, 
manipulate kind of what teams go where when it comes to the playoffs and stuff. And so obviously we would have wanted to see this matchup in the AFC championship. We saw it last year, you know, the, the, the chiefs ended up winning it and it wasn't even really that close. The bills were kind of just, that was kind of their, their come up year. And then this is the year where they were like, all right, we're, you know, we're really here right now. And it was like, they didn't even get to play in the AFC championship or this, this game wasn't right. So it was, it was in the divisional round and it was a great game, but it was like, Clearly, like, especially with the 49ers beating the Packers, every team that's remaining in the playoffs, both the Bills and the Chiefs would be favored against them in every game that they would have played, right? And so that's kind of what I'm getting at here is, like, the two best teams in the NFL are the Chiefs and the Bills. I, I think, you know, undeniably, especially seeing kind of how the Packers obviously choked that lead away and, and didn't play well, Um I don't think the Bills or the Chiefs would have done anything close to what the Packers did in terms of, you know, the special teams letting him down or Aaron Rodgers not being able to score. Uh, and so now you end up with like the situation where, right, I, I think that those are the two best teams in the NFL and technically they should be playing for the Super Bowl because like imagine that game, if it was the Super Bowl, like, holy crap, we would be going insane. Um, but obviously that's never going to happen because they're in the same conference. I get it. But it was just, it's almost like weird to think that like, the two best teams in the AFC are clearly, you know, the Bills and the Chiefs. And we're never really going to get to see that in a super late season scenario, you know, basically past the AFC championship. Um, and so, and so that's kind of just what I wanted to point out. I don't, again, there's not really a way to fix that, I think, but it's just kind of interesting to just know and, and, and realize that like this type of game is, is something that we'll only really be able to see in during the playoffs. It won't even be kind of in consideration in terms of like a, you know, a super late game. But the other thing is too, though, and this is what people are saying is like, everybody is both of these quarterbacks are going to be here forever and it's going to be a rivalry to stay. And that's the most exciting part of this. Hey, Hey Matt, one, one quick question. Cause you know, I'm about to head out, but how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers not being a Packer anymore after the season? I mean, I don't, I don't think he, is i i don't know I, I i think that he's probably just like there's no reason for him to stay but there's also like there's not really any point in him leaving like he's old he's like in kind of the weirdest spot in terms of his age and his career and everything to where if he went somewhere else he wouldn't be able to like he wouldn't be able to do what brady did i feel like and just move to another team and win a super bowl immediately um I mean, again, like, I think like the Broncos were teased before the season as, as a, you know, before this season as a place where he could end up and their defense is great. Um, and so that might be it, but I, I don't know. I, I think that he, like the Packers are going to obviously want him to stay, but in my honest opinion, like clearly just something doesn't go right when they end up in like in the deep playoffs right here. And, and it's like, at this point, I'm like, you know what, whatever he decides to do, I'm not even really going to complain because it's like something needs to happen regardless. And, and don't you think that like, since you're saying that like there's nowhere else to for him to really go like don't you think that he he wants sort of a restart not a restart obviously he's like a veteran now but he wants to try somewhere else because like obviously their luck hasn't been good so you know just throwing in a team because you know I interned for them this past summer but going to a team like the Colts I mean they have all the pieces there I feel like they're ready to win the Super Bowl but again Getting past, like you said, the Bills and the Chiefs, I mean, that's just tough. But that's just what I'm going to leave you guys with. Yeah, man. Big thanks to AZ for, for coming on today. Really excited to have him on the in the future, obviously, for, for more NFL talk. We You, you got to get on for these next couple of weeks until the Super Bowl, you, bro. Man. I'll, I'll be sure. back for all these. head. We have, like, I think nine head coaching vacancies. So, you know, hopefully yeah. I'll be back to talk about that. And, you know, draft, that's my specialty. So. Yeah, dude. We'll yeah, start sure. talking about that, too. I'm going to head to the Senior Bowl next week, so I'll let you guys know how that goes, too. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, excited for that. Appreciate y'all. See you guys later. All right, thanks, man. So, yeah, I, I actually – and huge thanks to AZ for, for coming on the show. I hope you guys um, enjoyed that. If you guys don't know who AZ was, I didn't even really think about this, but we might have some new listeners right now that we didn't have in, in Season 1. And so if you guys don't know who AZ is – He's the one that I started this podcast with back in February of, of last year. And so, yeah, we did, we did, I think only like five episodes together um, that last year. Cause we didn't, we didn't have much time to, um, to do this twice a week thing. And it was hard to fit it into our schedules, but yeah, he's, he's been, you know, one of my best friends since like freshman year of high school. So if you guys, if you guys don't know who he is, he's, he's an awesome guy. He also goes to UVA here. Um, he's a, he's a third year at UVA. I'm a second year. And so, yeah, that, that's who he is. That's kind of just a little introduction to him. I'm sure he'll be on in the future too, to, to talk about coaching and stuff. Cause that's really what he likes. He likes coaching and the management and especially draft. Like he makes a mock draft every year and he gets like 
six out of the 10 for uh, six out of the first 10 guys, right. Pretty much every year, which is, which is pretty crazy. So yeah, big thanks to him coming on, but I guess just to kind of go over my, my take here on the, on the bills chiefs, um, not, not slender, but the, the, the bills chiefs talk or conversation, it's literally the same as everybody else. Like, I, I mean, there's not much more to say other than yes, they are the two best teams in the NFL and it sucks that they're both in the AFC, but that's just how it has to be. Um, and I'm sure this has happened in the past too, with, I, I can't really name any specific teams that, that it's happened with, but I think there is, there, there has been this phenomenon in the past and it's not really a new thing where, you know, the two best teams in, in, in the NFL are in the same conference. I'm sure it's probably happened in the NFC in the past. Um, and, and it was, it was kind of weird because like earlier this season, we were saying how bad the AFC was and how like weird and, like confusing the AFC, the AFC was in terms of no one really wanting to win or no one really taking, taking charge in, in the AFC. And so, and that's, that's honestly why like the Titans won the AFC is be, or was the, you know, were the one seed in the AFC it's because nobody, the chiefs just got off to such a slow start. The, the bills had a couple weird losses here and there, like, you know, against Jacksonville and everything like that. So it was just kind of, it was weird during the season, but now like playoff time is really when we start to see the big dogs come out and we know who those big dogs are when it comes to playoff time. These, both of these teams could have come out here and given us a, a game that was, you know, 16 to 10 or 16, to 13 or 17 14 or something like that but and it, it, it was kind of looking like it was going to be that kind of game until the last two minutes when they scored 25 points total in the last two minutes which was insane um but yeah I, I think it I think it really just is a testament to how much playoff football means and and kind of you know the 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 veterans of the playoffs the past couple of years which the Bills and the Chiefs have been those have been those teams at least for the past couple of years um, we, we really see them start to kind of shine when it comes to playoffs, which is the best time to shine. If you think about it, you know, you don't really need to do much in the regular season, except for just get by into the playoffs and then strut your stuff in the playoffs. But I, I think it's really, it's really a testament to how these teams just, just begin to shine in the playoffs. And it's, it's pretty crazy how that happens, but it's, um, it's, it's really cool to watch too. Yeah, and I mean, obviously kind of the bigger story coming out of this game is is the whole overtime situation. Me and Hayden were going to talk about it, but then we were like, you know what? That's what everybody's focused on right now. So, we're going to we're going to go we're going to dive deeper here. We're going to get we're going to get the uh kind of tackle the issue or or, or kind of get get something in here that that probably won't be mentioned as much um you know, in terms of kind of right, you know, these teams being probably the best teams in the NFL and that kind of being like an interesting matchup to have, you know, before you even even get to the conference championships. Um and so, yeah, I mean, just to briefly touch on the on, on the overtime thing, like, eh, I don't know. It is what it is. I think that, you know, if you go to the college, the, the interesting thing, too, is like everybody's like, oh, use the college situation where you you start at the 25 and then, you know, whoever score, if you got to match the other person's score and then you got to go for two after the third overtime, whatever. I agree that that would work, but only to an extent, because the, the co- that's not even actually the college rules anymore. In, in case you didn't realize, they changed the rules this season to where now every overtime, you just like literally the entire overtime is you go for a two point conversion. And if you score and the other team scores, then you go to double overtime. And then if you don't score and the other team doesn't score, then you go to third overtime and you just keep going to overtime. So we saw that they, I think it was Penn State and Illinois went to nine overtimes, but really they just tied each other on eight straight two point conversion attempts. And it's like, that I don't think is a good overtime, you know, rule either. So it's like, you're never really going to get this exactly right. Um, I think of, of everything that I've seen, kind of the best idea I can think of is like you, the kind of the rule to start overtime is like the team that gets the ball starts on their own 10 yard line. And the team that wins the, to- that wins the coin toss can decide whether or not they want to be on offense or defense. I think that's probably a good way to do it because it's like, you have to go 90 yards. You have to prove yourself and, and, and you know, and with the time allotted and whatever, and then you're going up probably, especially in the playoffs, you're going up against a good defense. And so it's like, yeah, to that extent, you know, I think this game is probably like the worst consideration for that because it's like, okay, well, even if you're starting from the one yard line and you have Patrick Holmes and, and you know, or Josh Allen and both of those offenses, like you're probably going to take your chances, you know, go on offense. Um, 
so yeah so i really don't think there's much to do in terms of like the best type of decision here um i think the nfl will probably end up changing it just because in the future there's probably gonna be more games maybe even for the rest of these playoffs right we only have three games left but it could definitely happen um and in that case right it's kind of going to be another one of those arguments of like if you don't have a chance to you know i mean you think about it this way it's like Josh Allen went down the field and scored a touchdown with 13 seconds left. And he scored the ball with, on fourth and 14 or whatever it was to basically go up. And then they got the three, they got the two point conversion. It's like, you know, you, you have no, you know, there all this stuff. Right. And it's like with 13 seconds left in the game, Josh Allen has done literally everything he can and he didn't touch the ball for the rest of the game. And Patrick Mahomes did all of what he did. And so it's like, yeah, you feel bad for Josh Allen, but it's like, if you are, if you are in that situation and you're Patrick Mahomes and you have 13 seconds left and it's like, when you flip around the argument and you focus on the other side of it, it's like the greatness that Patrick Mahomes had to show to not only drive his team down into field goal range with 13 seconds left, but then also get the touchdown to just ice the game so the Bills didn't even get the, get the ball. It's like, he deserves that win, right? Like to a certain extent, we kind of have to flip the argument and say like, yeah, the Bills didn't get a chance, but what Patrick Mahomes did, nobody else would have been able to do anyway. So he deserves, so I don't know. That's kind of my take on it, obviously. is like, I understand both sides of it. I don't know what Hayden thinks. Yeah, and my, my take will be pretty brief here too. And it's that I, I'm a really big, I'm, I'm actually, I'm the opposite of a big fan of, of the current playoff structure. I think it should be changed I really don't even really I like I don't really care what it gets changed to. Obviously, I want I would rather have something where both quarterbacks or, or both both teams or both sides of, of both teams get to touch the ball or get to be on the field. Right. So the offense has to be on the field um, for both teams and then the defense for both teams get to be on the field as well. That would be ideal. But again, you're trying to conserve these players or save these save these players for the next game and kind of, you know, keep them healthy, which I, I totally understand our, that argument. And it's totally valid. If that argument wasn't in play, then there, I don't think there really would be any argument for the current playoff structure or the, I mean, the current, um, why did I say playoff structure, the current overtime format. But I think one thing that a lot of people, I think this game in particular that, you know, it kind of exploited this idea was that like, it's, I think the game now with a lot of these young quarterbacks and, 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 a lot of offensive explosiveness. The game is becoming a lot more offensive than defensive um, with the, and again, like with these head coaches that kind of change the game in terms of what offenses they run and everything like that. If you're giving Patrick Mahomes the last, and, and again, great to Pat, you know, great job to Patrick Mahomes for, for taking him down in 13 seconds when nobody thought he would be able to do it. The bills were already celebrating their win basically on the sideline. And then he stuns them and he, and he drives down and, and then he gets the coin toss for the overtime. And then he gets another chance in overtime. So he gets two chances in a row, two drives in a row. I know it's 13 seconds, but it's still a drive, right? It, and we know that Patrick Mahomes is, is that good to make that drive. But I would argue that Josh Allen is, would be able to do the same exact thing. Maybe not in one try, right? Maybe it would take him a couple of tries and the Bills defense needs to play a lot better defense on, on that last drive. But it's like, if you put the... Literally, if you would have switched the switched the roles and the the Chiefs scored with a minute left um, or the Chiefs scored with 13 seconds left and then you gave the Bills the ball with 13 seconds left, I, I guarantee you Josh Allen would be able to do the same exact thing. And if you if they got the coin toss um, and they, they chose to receive in, in overtime, I bet you the Bills would drive down and score, too. Like it's it, you again, like Matt said, you can flip the argument on both teams. Um, whether positive or negative. And so it's just like, I think there does need to be a change because it's both of these teams are so offensive. Um, and it's, again, you can't, you can't have discrepancies between games. So like, you can't say, Oh, just because the bills and chiefs are playing, we're going to implement this overtime rule. That's not fair. Right. But I think it's, I think it's more fair to give both sides of the ball for both teams a chance in, the, in, in the overtime. I think that's more fair than anything. And honestly, the playoff, I mean, the, the, the college overtime rules right now, the whole two point conversion thing. Again, I, th I think a lot of people forgot about that change this year, but I don't even think that's a really bad strategy. The only thing that that exploits is like, I guess, you know, teams that have, have bad goal line defenses, but that's basically every team. Like it's, it's hard to stop a team regardless on the goal line. And so it's going to, as long as both sides of, of the ball for each team, again, I've said this a million times, but as long as that's, 
happening in overtime, I'm happy with it. I, I think the two the two point conversion thing isn't really that bad. All right. Well, you know, I guess we'll agree to disagree a little bit on that sense. But yeah, I think at some point they're going to, you know, the NFL is going to have to change this and make it more equitable um, for both teams. So let's switch over to the NFC side of things. And obviously we know who's going to be in the NFC championship. It's the Rams and the 49ers. Um, Bit of a surprise here. Obviously, both were underdogs going into their respective games on Saturday and Sunday. Both ended up winning. Um, You know, kind of an interesting story, right? Like the Rams were good to start the season. They kind of, you know, staggered a little bit. Matthew Stafford has been pretty, he's been pretty like inconsistent over the, you know, kind of to end the regular season here. 49ers barely got into the playoffs. Now they're on this magical playoff run. Um, You know, you you don't really have a ton of confidence in Jimmy G. So it's kind of like, you know, kind of equal storylines here going into this game. But I think the cool thing is too, is that they're both from the same division, right? And so me and Hayden had this conversation a bunch of times, which is like, you know, is, is, is 14 playoff teams too much? You know, are we going to have, we're going to have a situation where three teams from the, uh, from the same division are going to get into the playoffs all the time, but it's like, if it ends up being this and clearly, you know, the NFC West, it was the best division in football. Um, and, and two, you know, two of the four teams out of, out of the, th- the whole 32 teams in the league, um, in that division are, are, are making the NFC championship with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, Like, that's that's clearly, I think, a good thing, right? Like we we got the best teams, um, you know, kind of kind of here going forth. But the interesting thing is that because they are divisional opponents, they play twice a year, right? So these teams have already played each other twice this year. The 49ers won both matchups. The 49ers have actually won six straight games against the Rams, uh, all of them, you know, having been coached by Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. So my question here to Hayden is, you know, not without kind of like predicting the final score and doing like a whole big thing, which team is better? the Rams or the 49ers. Yeah. And I, I think that what we were going for here with the, with this topic is like, literally it's just the simple question. Matt gave, Matt gave a little background, which is good. You know, it was good to get that context, but like, this is, I think the simplest of questions that we've had on this podcast, who's the better team and why. Right. And here I, I, I'm going to say the Rams. And again, this is kind of, this it's it's a battle between teams and head coaches, right? We know that Kyle Shanahan has pretty much sunned Sean McVay at this point in every way possible with six straight wins over over Sean McVay, um, you know, in, in their past six game matchups against the Rams. But I think that the Rams at this point, it's just like they have so much star power on their team that I think it is going to overcome the 49ers. The 49ers are the most unlikely thing to happen this maybe this whole entire like season um in in general like you know regular season included not even just playoffs but i think that yeah i i really do think that the rams are the better team here now do i think that they're definitely going to win not necessarily but i think that they should win um and that's again that's kind of something that we can say for I mean, we can say that about any game really, but um, I I think this is an interesting question because it's like the 49ers do kind of have a sneaky firepower to them. Yeah. Jimmy. And when everybody, you know, this is the problem with like how important the quarterback position is in football, in any football league, NFL, college football, you name it. Um, But I guess, especially in the NFL, because how head coaches really matter in college football um, more than I feel like more than they do in the NFL, but yeah, like the quarterback position is the most important position in football. And so because of that, we look at Jimmy G and we say, okay, well, the 49ers are, they suck, you know, because Jimmy G's mediocre and he can't take him to the Super Bowl. That's not true. Again, I've, I mentioned this in last episode or episode before that Jimmy G has already been to a Super Bowl. I think a lot of people forget that. Um, and it was, it was, again, it was, it was under, um, it was under Kyle Shanahan, but they have basically like the same team this year, right? They had when they, when they made it to the Super Bowl last time, um, I, again, I forget what year it was, but it was a couple of years ago when they made it to the Super Bowl last time they had Raheem Mostert and he was like the, the big player in that team. Now they have Elijah Mitchell, who's their, you know, actual running back. And then they have Debo Samuel, who's their athlete who plays running back and wide receiver in every position on the field possible. And so they have, it's almost like they have, double what Raheem Mostert was um, back back when they made the last run to the Super Bowl. And so it's like when you really look at it from from an objective standpoint, it's like the, the 49ers really have 
more talent than they had on that team when they went to the to the Super Bowl last time. And so it's like they have no reason why they shouldn't beat the Rams this time. But I do, and that, that's a really good argument for the 49ers, but I do think that the Rams are the better team. And I, I do think that they should win this game, especially with Matt Stafford. You know, he, if, if he, like, if he wins this game and I, this is kind of, I, I heard this on part of my take. Um, uh, I guess it was, yeah, I think it was today. Actually, I was listening to it. And it's that like, basically this is, if Matt Stafford wins this game, it kind of solidifies his hall of fame hopes um, and his hopes of being a hall of famer, which, Again, we can. That's kind of a whole other topic that we that we could get into, which I won't go into now. But I do think that like the Rams really have a motivation to win this game. Obviously, the 49ers do too. But I just don't think. I think a lot of things have gone their way this um, this postseason, and I think they might be a little bit razzle dazzled by the Rams team in 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 the in this NFC Championship. I'm excited to see where or hear what Matt says here. But yeah, I'll hand it over to him. Yes, Hayden. Razzle dazzled. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think you went pretty in depth and, and really covered all the things that I wanted to say. I do agree that the Rams are the better team. They have the better talent overall. I mean, you know, the defense is stacked with stars and the offense, obviously, uh, you know, with the addition of Matthew Stafford, he's, he's been, you know, he's been going after Odell a lot kind of really recently here as we, you know, as we, as we're, as we're closing out the playoffs um, and Cooper cup has, has been amazing all season. So like they, I think have just more weapons, right? Individual players who are really good at their position at their, respective position on offense and defense. I mean, just think about the Rams D line, like Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Are you kidding me? Oh, and then by the way, you have, you know, Leonard Floyd on the other side and he's a beast. Um, you know, you got Jalen Ramsey in the back in the defensive backfield. It's like the, they are stacked with talent. They should be in the NFC championship and they should go to the Super Bowl. But for some reason, I like the, I like the 49ers in this game. I don't know. I just think that they have the Rams number the way that they it doesn't make sense, right? They shouldn't be getting this far. They shouldn't be winning all these games, but I think it's just because their system and the way that they play is just so different from anything else in the NFL that really nobody kind of knows how to defend them. And I think that that's like totally exemplified by the fact that they keep just beating the Rams, right? It's like, no matter what the, you know, no matter what the situation is, obviously, you know, this was kind of all came to a point when, you know, in the last game of the regular season, when the Rams were playing the 49ers, and the Rams were up, you know, I think it was like 17 to, to nothing, I think. Yeah, I think it was 20, 17 nothing, and then like 20 to three. And the 49ers come all the way back and win that game just to even make it in the playoffs. And like, here they are facing off in the playoffs again. Um, and so maybe the game kind of just goes similarly to what happened, uh, you know, in the last game of the season. And, and the Rams just kind of, you know, get, get ahead early and just kind of roll from there. Um but yeah, man, I don't know what the 49ers do. Kyle Shanahan, maybe he just is a genius and he's able to just be like, all right, let's just put all the Jimmy G crap behind us and, and, and we're going to be able to get there. Um, but yeah, for, for some reason, they're just able to make it work. And I think that, you know, everything that Hayden said is, is very true that like, yes, the Rams have all the talent and they should win the game. But for some reason, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, it's not even going to be the other thing too, is like they're playing at SoFi stadium, which is going to be where the Super Bowl is. So the crazy part about this is like, if the Rams win the game, first of all, the Rams are going to be playing at home in this game. So if the Rams win this game, it's going to be at their home stadium, the NFC championship. And then the Super Bowl is also in the same exact stadium. So that's a pretty cool opportunity for the Rams. At least like you play the NFC championship in the same play in the same stadium that you play the Super Bowl in and it's your home stadium. But the problem is the Rams don't have a home field advantage. We saw this in the last game of the season. The 49ers fans were all over that place there. It was like 75%, you know, 49ers fans. And I think that's going to be the exact same, if not more uh, coming up here, you know, for this game. And so that's kind of where I'm leaning now is like, you know what, it's not even really that much of a, you know, a, a, a you know, a, a, a home field advantage for the Rams who like, yes, again, they're so talented. And if they get out to a lead and, you know, and Stafford is on his stuff, then, 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 okay. Um, I think that, you know, the, the big question for the 49ers is going to be like, are they going to be able to be healthy after, because every time their offense was running off the field, basically like all their players were limping, right? You saw George Kittle was limping a bunch. Trent Williams is like, he had to get, you know, he had to get an MRI. Um, Debo Samuel was out of the game for a little bit. So it's like all these players had so much, you know, put so much effort into trying to beat that, you know, beat the Packers team after already going through a grueling win against the Cowboys that like, you know, are they going to be a little bit beat up in the sense that like the Rams have kind of coasted in both of their games, they crushed the Cardinals. And then obviously they were crushing, you know, the Buccaneers obviously kind of saved, saved their butts on that one a little bit, but like, 
I think just the vibe of every playoff game for both of those teams, both of these teams has gone very differently. But at the same time, as I'm, as we've been talking about the whole podcast, that momentum factor, that motivation factor, the 49ers are just engendering right before, you know, leading up to all their games, I think is probably just way more important than like relying on the talent and just the individual players at their respective positions that I think the Rams will be able to do. Yeah, those are great points. And one thing that you mentioned was Kyle Shanahan just kind of, getting his guys together and, and, and getting his guys to buy in on the whole, we can actually do this thing. And so I think one of those, like one thing that Kyle Shanahan does really, really well, and this has probably led to most of his, his success with Jimmy G is that he takes so much pressure off of Jimmy G. He, he's so good at like kind of lowering the expectations for his quarterback to the point where the quarterback is not the star of that team. And, and, in fact, he isn't like Jimmy G is not the person that you look to on that team. And we've said it so many times before, but like he, he isn't the person that you look to on that team as, you know, a star. And he doesn't really, he hasn't really shown the talent to be a star, but I think Kyle Shanahan, I guess, you know, I don't really know how to word this, but Kyle Shanahan coaches it perfectly to the point where he show what he shows on the field is something that, takes the eyes off of Jimmy G and kind of, you know, gives, gives Jimmy G the confidence that, that he needs to kind of make the big plays when they do need them. He had a couple great throws in the end of, in, in the end of the Packers game that were like, you know, kind of impressive because they were just, I guess, like five or 10 yard slants to George Kittle down the middle. But the, I mean, he was like putting it in there and, and, and fitting it in the window as he should be with a lot of pressure on him. So it's like, I think early in, in early or early in games, um, I think Kyle Shanahan does a lot of kind of like directing attention off of Jimmy G, which is, again, it's great for, it's great for later in the game because then you can pull out the whole, okay, and now I'm going to throw the ball on you and you won't be expecting it. But it's also good for Jimmy G's confidence because just as a, as a quarterback, um, and I can kind of, uh, you know, I can kind of confirm this because I was also a quarterback in high school and obviously it's not the same level at all, but it's, it's still relevant. And that's the fact that like, if you, if you kind of take a lot of pressure off of your QB, he's just going to do better, like naturally. Right. So, you know, he's, he's gonna, he's going to feel more confident in himself because he's not making as many mistakes. If he's not throwing the ball as much, he can't make as many mistakes unless he's Ryan Tannehill who makes a lot of mistakes with not a lot of, passes but but um yeah like it's I feel like Jimmy G is one of those guys where if you if you get his confidence up he's going to be able to lead his guys and um I think that Matt made a really good point about the 49ers having more momentum um but again I think that the Rams in terms of like just their team and Sean McVay still a great coach I do think that the Rams are still a better team but again I'm not I'm not saying that they're like heavy favorites to win I think that it's pretty close here um but yeah, I mean, I, I think that if, if we're done, well done with this topic, we can move into our kind of last topic, which is kind of just like a little chill review of our of our playoff brackets. But I'll hand it off to Matt here to start that off. So just to kind of overview what's what's gone on so far, we each got the four wild card round teams correct um we we all picked the Bengals, or we both picked the Bengals to beat the Raiders we both picked the um the Bucks to beat the Eagles. We both picked the Rams to beat the Cardinals and we both picked the um, 49ers to beat the Cowboys in the only upset that each of us had in that round. Then it got a little bit more, more, more iffy. Uh, when we went on to the divisional round where I had both of the, I nailed both of the AFC teams. Um, I had the, I had the Bengals beating the Titans and I had the chiefs beating the bills. Um, I didn't get either one of the NFC teams. Uh, I had uh, I had the Packers playing the uh, playing the um, playing the Bucks, and so no, you know, neither of those teams are there, uh, which I think is good. I mean, I you know, just to kind of I guess even this kind of relates to the last topic we talked about, but it's like we all were convinced that it was just going to be the same rematch in the NFC Championship that we had last year in the Packers and the Bucks, but uh, but good to just kind of get some differentiation, even though. <laughs> You know, the 49ers won the Super Bowl two years ago and the Rams were in the Super Bowl like four years ago. So it's not too much, but uh, but at least kind of some difference, you know, as opposed to last year. So that's kind of where I'm standing right now. I have the Chiefs. I I actually had the Chiefs winning this game and winning the Super Bowl. So I my my Super Bowl team is still alive and I'm feeling pretty confident about it. Um, 
which probably means that everything will lose now going forward. But uh, but that's where I'm standing right now. So I had I had all four uh, teams correct in the division in the uh, wild card round, and then I got you know two games right, two games wrong in the divisional round, and obviously both of them were you know two both right, both correct picks were from the AFC, both wrong picks uh, or incorrect picks were were on the NFC side. So uh, what about you, Hayden? What'd you have? Yeah, well, you mentioned my wild card round was perfect, just like yours, and that was that was cool to see. But um, my divisional round, on the other hand, I got every single game wrong. That's right, you heard it. I've got both of the AFC games wrong. Matt said that he got both of the the NFC games wrong, which I did too because we both picked. We actually both picked the same exact NFC conference format or the the the, the same path, I guess. We both had the uh, Packers and Bucks in the NFC championship. And then we had the Packers in the Super Bowl, And so obviously that didn't work out. I had the Bucks as well. I thought, dude, I really did. Th- and we haven't even really talked about this either, but like that comeback that Brady had was just so Brady esque at the end of that game. I was like sh- jumping off of my couch and screaming every time that anything happened in the fourth quarter of that game. But yeah, so that was a little bit heartbreaking because I thought I was like, oh, my gosh, is Brady actually going to do this for me and come back and win in overtime? But then the Rams again, like, dude, it was so weird. I feel like there were so many, so many crazy fast drives at the end of at the end of the game. And, and so many of these or not so, so many of these games, but really just two of these games, the the Bucks and Rams and then the Bills and Chiefs. But like, I mean, in the Bills and Chiefs game, there was like five drives five last minute drives but um in the the difference was that in the bills and the chiefs game every drive was like a like a a, an 80 yard touchdown drive in like 32 seconds and then the bucks and the then the rams was just like rams turnover bucks touchdown rams turnover bucks touchdown rams turnover and it was just like that's that's like the only difference there which is pretty pretty big difference because obviously both games were still close but one team almost took away uh, you know literally you know like a 24 point lead yeah, and then the basically like you know the last play of the game almost um, or one of the last plays of the game, Matt Stafford throws that huge pass to Cooper Cup, and it's just like what is happening in the Tampa Bay secondary. Uh, I, I guess that was a pretty good move in my opinion because like you don't really expect Cooper Cup to go long that that much. Like I don't think I've ever really seen him run just that straight like seam route right up the middle go or you know deep skinny post. He doesn't really run that much. He usually runs those out routes, um, which again, like on a last minute drive or two minute drill, you're, you're trying to get out of bounds. And so I would expect him to run those out routes or maybe just, you know, some like wheel routes, which he runs uh, quite often too off of those out routes. But yeah, like that, that route, I think really surprised the bucks also something that didn't really help them was that he was one-on-one with the safety. Um, He was pretty much manned up with the safety because the slot corner that was over like that was over top of him to start to play. He blitzed Matt Stafford. Um, I actually think that they brought like six or seven and he was still able to throw that deep post, which was crazy. I was like, how? I, I think they brought six. Um the the box on that last play to Cooper Cup. But it's yeah, it's just like he had enough time. And that was just a testament to uh to to the way that the, the Rams line blocked too. Like that their line was outstanding all game. And it just shows that like when Matt Stafford has protection He's really, really good. He can be really bad at some time, you know, at some points, but it's just like, if he's not pressured, he's, you know, 95% of the time going to be a really good quarterback for you. Yeah. I mean, I think so. And it definitely, you know, they kind of proved it. Um, It was just, I think that, I think the majority of what helped them out at first was just the, uh, their defense, right. Their defense was playing lights out. And, and I think that, it, yes, obviously, again, like well, like I just mentioned, their defensive line is is extremely talented. But you could really see that the offensive line injuries uh, for the Bucks was was really impacting them. Tristan Wirfs being out was a major a major loss for them and, and Ryan Jensen who's the center he also got hurt in the Eagles game it wasn't as bad and he obviously he was able to play the full game against the Rams but it's like who does the center or who lines up over the center every you know every snap for the Rams well it's Aaron Donald so it's like you got hurt in the Eagles game and then you're like all right I'm gonna you know muster up all my strength and come back and play this game oh wait I have to play I have to face against the best player in the NFL every single time I touch you know touch the ball on the field so that I think really did the did the Bucks in, which is interesting because it's like the one thing that we had last year and kind of just 
their overall season, their defense, how good their run defense was and their offense was on. To, it's like the Bucs didn't have any injuries. I think that, that that was the whole thing is that they played the same team, played every single game all together for the entire season. And they had so much chemistry and they worked it all out. And it's like they had they didn't have Chris Godwin for the entire playoffs. And he's their second best receiver, um, you know, and it's like without him, teams double, you know, uh, Mike Evans and you can only really find Gronk too many times or you know so many times so that I think just the, the injuries really did Tampa Bay in in a sense where like they were used to or I guess expected to kind of get back to the Super Bowl because they had all their all the people returning but it's like yeah you may have all of your people returning on contract but that doesn't mean that they're actually going to play every snap you know every snap of the season for you so um that's, I think, kind of just, I mean, I guess we were kind of going over a playoff brackets there and we got into the talk about the Rams and 49ers. But as Hayden mentioned, we didn't really, uh, or the, sorry, the Rams and the Bucks, um, but we didn't really talk about them kind of prior to this. So that's, uh, so we kind of good that we got that in there. Last thing before we close out the show is Matt's betting lock of a week. We, we fell down. All right, people. I don't know. I just, I had the Packers laying five and a half to keep the streak going. The streak lost. All right. Again, to reiterate, as I always do, we were one in four on the betting locks. We won five straight. So we were six and four. All right. Lost last week. So we're back to six and five. But I already foreshadowed it in the middle of the show. I'm taking the Niners plus three and a half this week. That's my betting lock of the week. Um, I, I just think that they're, I think they're going to win the game. I think they just, whatever they, whatever spell that Kyle Shanahan, you know, casts upon, you know, Sean McVay and the, and the Rams, you know, if they're able to pick off Matt Stafford early, I think it's going to be a, a pretty, a pretty solid win for the 49ers. So I'm going to go with them this week. I think they're going to have the home field advantage in the home of the home field of the Rams. Um, so I'm taking the Niners plus three and a half, taking the points all day. And that's my, that's my betting lock of the week. Alrighty. There you go. I see. And just to kind of get back to, to where my playoff bracket is at, like I, Oh my gosh, I actually can't believe I got every single divisional game wrong, but on kind of like on top of that, since I gave my playoff bracket in this podcast. And since it's kind of like documented and there are people that are listening to me, give it. Um, and there are people that probably remember what, you know, who I had picked. And if you didn't, then now, you know, that I lost every divisional game. Um, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's really bad because now that I, you know, I have this podcast, it's almost like I'm rooting for the teams that I don't really usually care about like I, you know, if, if the Patriots were still in the playoffs, I would be obviously rooting for them and them only. Um, but now that they're not in the playoffs, I was like, okay, well now I'm kind of just rooting for the teams that I picked so that I can be right. And so that I can kind of, you know, brag about who I picked, but it's just like, no, I just got to smack in the face this back past weekend. I was actually even like a little bit, well, I was, I, I love Josh Allen, which, I think a lot of people have come to like him a lot, but I've, I've, I've been like a huge fan of Josh Allen ever since he entered the league. I pick him in fantasy like almost every year and he never lets me down. He's always so good. So that's probably why I like him so much, but yeah, it was hard to see him lose like that. Um, and so I was like really, really pulling for the bills to win that game. Um, and the other games I was, I was pulling for, you know, the Titans, obviously I actually started pulling for the Bengals towards the end of the end of the game because I don't know. I was, I was pulling for the Titans at first, but then Ryan Tannehill just made me so mad that I was like, all right, yeah, go Bengals. I don't care about this game anymore. Um, and then obviously the Packers game, I was pretty mad at too. So yeah, like all, all my teams I was rooting for lost. And so it kind of, it didn't ruin the, the weekend of football for me because nothing could ruin anything as, as spectacular as that. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, it's like, I really, um, I, I, I got kind of sad towards the end there, but it's all right. Cause I'm not sad anymore, Matt. Is that, that's, thank that's you, good. Thank right. Thank you for sharing your emotional connection with us, Hayden. We are all grateful for that on this Tuesday night. That's right. So, uh, yeah, that, that kind of wraps up our show here. It's it went a little bit faster than I thought it would. Um, again, huge thanks to, to AZ for coming on for what he could. He had a meeting to go through, to go to, at 9 30 and we started at nine so we can only stay for about half but um yeah that's that's it's gonna be it for today's episode again super excited for our episodes in the future not only on football but on saturday this this coming saturday we'll we'll have another one of our kind of other than football episode everything else other than football episodes because 
that will be the day before the conference championships. And we won't really want to talk about those. Um, again, we've kind of given our preview of those here in this podcast. Um, we haven't really given a preview of the AFC game, but maybe we will on Saturday just as kind of like a, a fun thing to do. But yeah, we'll probably have some college basketball on Saturday as well as some maybe NBA or, or NHL or golf. Um, so that, that'll be cool to talk about. And I'm excited for that. I'm sure Matt is too. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode um, and make sure to share with your friends and family. Keep on, uh, keep on listening here. Um, and, and, and we'll see you guys on Saturday.